0: This is COVID Conspiracies. I'm your host, Monique Baudin. Over the course of the pandemic, we've heard about some of the people who refuse to follow public health rules. There are the anti-maskers, the people who can't seem to stay two meters apart from others, and those that set up illegal gyms for their workouts. And then there are the religious institutions. Public health officials in Canada and the United States have intervened to shut down different religious groups that persisted in holding gatherings, despite legal orders to ban them. While a few religious leaders publicly repeated conspiracy theories about COVID-19, others took a different approach, to engage with the skeptics in their congregations. In today's episode, The National Post's Tyler Dawson takes a closer look at churches and COVID conspiracies. You can subscribe to COVID Conspiracies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, churches have been a focal point of lockdown protests. In Alberta, there have been rallies supporting James Coates, the pastor of Grace Life Church in Parkland County, who is arrested for refusing to follow social distancing and occupancy restrictions at his church. Churches though, seemingly, have had another role to play in the pandemic. There is a line that can be drawn between misinformation and conspiracy theory. It works something like this, When it comes to rejecting the science of masks, for example, it's not that far a jump to be questioning the science behind lockdowns, and then vaccines, and then seeing a conspiracy behind the pandemic itself. Over the course of the pandemic, there has been an uptick in conspiratorial thinking among some religious communities, particularly evangelical Christians. This line is clearer in the United States, where former US President Donald Trump, who was himself a significant booster of COVID-19 conspiracy theories, enjoyed significant popularity among Christians. Polling from the conservative think tank the American Enterprise Institute showed that 27% of white evangelicals believed the QAnon conspiracy theory and that Donald Trump was fighting a sex trafficking ring while in office. Among religiously unaffiliated Americans, only 12% believe that conspiracy theory. When it comes to other Christians, mainstream Protestants, and those in the quote-unquote other category, something around 14% believe that conspiracy theory, still a significantly smaller number than those who are evangelical Christians and supporters of Donald Trump. A January poll from the Washington Post and ABC News found higher rates of vaccine hesitancy among evangelicals. About 44% said they would not get the COVID-19 vaccine. That's compared to the statistics in the general population, where about one-third of the population says they will not. And when it comes to COVID-19, some megachurches have embraced conspiracy too. John MacArthur, the pastor of the evangelical megachurch Grace Community Church in California, declared there is no pandemic last year while fighting to allow worshipers to continue to come to services. But this is here too. That's not to say that churchgoers are the only people who fall prey to conspiracy theories. All sorts of people do. But with so much focus on protests involving churches, mega pastors in the United States boosting conspiracies, and conspiracy being an issue pastors have tried to tackle, we thought it was worth trying to find out what's going on here. Carmen Celestini is a professor at the University of Waterloo. She focuses on politics and religion, and specifically, she looks at the relationship between Christian apocalyptic thought and conspiracy theories.
2: Well, one of the notions of religion is um, an idea of persecution. It's an idea of um, God being in control of the situation. So when we look at COVID, we can understand it as, you know, there are many Christians who believe that, you know, taking the vaccination or wearing masks is taking the control out of the hands of God and that he will control them and keep them safe. Um, and if not, we will deliver them to the kingdom of God. And for conspiracy theories specifically, there is a notion that has been in conspiracy theories from the beginning of conspiracy theories that um, to create a new world power or a new world order, Cabals will actually try to destroy religion and either try to build a new religion with an antichrist as the leader or will try to destroy it completely. So some Christians believe, with some of the churches not being able to gather as a community, that this is a sign of that persecution or taking away their religious freedom. There are notions that are linked to this new world order where you have to stand up and fight for religion. So. There are so many examples with COVID that could be the movement of this new world order that it's linked distinctly to their religious beliefs, um, regardless if it's apocalyptic or just persecution.
1: What the research shows is an opening of the envelope on conspiracy theories. It helps explain why conspiracies seep into new age communities, for example. It also explains how these theories can take root in religious communities.
2: If you're in that social group where we're talking about misinformation and about COVID, you're not just interacting with people who believe that one specific thing. There's validation for different opinions coming from different directions and different sources. And with that, there's a small opening of the envelope. So you might be talking about, you know, anti-mask or, you know, being anti-lockdown. There's a link to that where someone will say something like, well, this is because they won't let us gather in church or this is linked to, you know, the Great Reset or they're trying to do these things. And, you know, as that conversation continues, the idea Spreads. And so you start believing these other things as well. And it's not just anti lockdown or anti masks or not understanding COVID or anti vaccinations. It starts coming with the reason why and what is the purpose of all of the things that are happening. And that's where the conspiracy theory starts seeding in.
1: But there may be more to it, something specific to faith, perhaps, that makes it more likely for someone to buy into a conspiracy theory. John Van Sloten is a pastor in Calgary and a teacher at Ambrose Seminary and University. He has a couple theories about why conspiracy theories can take hold in Christian communities. The first has to do with the declining authority of the church, a failure that might mean people are looking for answers elsewhere.
3: They're feeling um, confused. Um, they're feeling like they lost their voice. I'm thinking about this describing all of Trump's followers, too. Right. These these folks who weren't being heard by Washington, who aren't being heard in Ottawa. So society has contributed right? To the, the wokeness of, of the left and its uber fundamentalist um, forms has pushed people into a place where they're scrambling. We we need an answer. I we need a way forward. We need to. I don't. We don't. I don't understand what's happening to us. What's happening to our world? Um, what's happening to our, our church and our worldview, which was always so clear for us when we were the ones in a majority, but now we're not. So that all happens and then somebody comes along and says, it's a satanic thing, yeah, <clears throat> that's a thing, right? Historically in the church, right? You, you can't figure it out or you, you don't explain it. The devil made me do it, all right? Or we're being attacked spiritually. So, so I think that all of those things together have created a, a soup uh, within which um, these conspiracy theories can grow.
1: That though, it doesn't sound significantly different than the rest of society. The authority of the church has declined, society is becoming more secular, and people are feeling more vulnerable. Those who aren't religious might feel something similar in other ways, with trust in the media or government declining, for example. But there's more to it.
3: I think churches are particularly uh, susceptible to these theories, as we've seen them happen in Grace Life Church and other churches in Calgary and in Canada, um, uh, because conspiracy theories tap into the same capacity for faith that churches tap into. Uh, You know, and I'm a pastor and a teacher in a faith community, so I'm all for faith. But um, this good gift of uh, having the capacity to trust in a bigger narrator, a bigger story, um, an actor in behind all things, which is a prerequisite right, for a life of faith, it's those things that are being um, contorted and stolen and misused in the context of uh, aiming them at these crazy conspiracy theories.
1: Van Sloten hasn't actually had conspiracy theory controversies in his church, but Jess DiSabatino has. She's also a pastor in Calgary, at Journey Church.
4: I think it's a very small minority. I think like any conspiracy theory, it's always a small minority that would believe that, but they often tend to be quite
1: vocal. Certainly, many of us see this sort of thinking in our everyday lives. They're on Facebook posts or Reddit threads or on other parts of social media. But obviously, these things spill over into communities, too.
4: So for for us, particularly for our congregation, it didn't create great division. We didn't see like hundreds of people leaving our church. But we did see some, and in some ways, I think diversity of thought is so important. We've had people challenging people that would think that way. Like, no, what you're saying is incorrect. And there has been, for sure, tense conversations between people in our community.
1: And what did you do about it?
4: So we did um, a number of we did a webinar about um conspiracy theories and what that meant and how we were to respond as a community to that. and we did have people come on that who were what i what I would consider people who had believed in different different things than I would believe. And so we had some robust conversation about it. I think from the beginning, what our leadership thought and what I particularly thought is that it would be no good to shame people who believe something different than what I believe. So we tried to listen. And I think in humanizing some of it, it helped us to you know, just keep relationship with people because what I recognized is that maybe at the beginning I was fighting people about it. Like you're wrong. This is ridiculous. And, and I think the shame probably put them in a position where they had to be defensive, which didn't, which I think we know from anything doesn't make anybody change their mind. It only digs them in. So I think what we tried to do is create an open posture to like, you're still a person. You're not a bad person. And I think sometimes by allowing people to voice their opinions, they see their own holes in their arguments themselves. So we lead with humility. And I think the Bible's really clear about that, that we would be, and I, like in, in truth, I'm like really disappointed with some of my, like the Christian, the broader Christian community that I think hasn't led with humility, where there's been sort of, this idea that we can be experts in everything. And we're not, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not an infectious disease specialist. So I think we led with that idea. And then I think really what what this is pushing into And I mean, as a pastor, maybe I've been banging this drum for a while is that we are not as Christians, we're not opposed to science. We're not in competition with science. In fact, like we just believe that science is something given to us by God. So we talked a little bit about that and we had some um, yeah, discussions and I've had ongoing discussions with people in our congregation who are part of the medical community and part of the scientific community. And I think that's been helpful.
1: Sabatino says that most Christians haven't embraced conspiracy theories and misinformation, just like most of us.
4: Most of the Christian community is not like embroiled in this. I would say like I have in in a group of a thousand colleagues, probably two or three of them have gone down a very weird garden path. And I think that's probably true. In a church of a thousand people, you might have four or five that have decided. so. But I think those are a loud vocal minority. I think like anything in the world, right? So I think like when I read the paper, I'm like, I'm like so disheartened when I talk to people now, like, yes, I'm a pastor. No, yes, I have had got my vaccine. Like I wanna like say all these things, but I'm not like that. Like I'm not trying to have a protest, I'm not trying to have church, even though we're not allowed. I'm not doing all those things. So I think there has been a little bit of a caricature that it's all Christian communities, that it's every church. But it's every like eighty percent of people in churches, and I just I don't I haven't I haven't experienced that to be true. I think for most Christians it's like kind of been a wee bit embarrassing.
1: Next week, reporter Phil Tank from the Saskatoon Star Phoenix will look at the harms caused by COVID nineteen conspiracies.
0: Reporting and narration for this episode of COVID Conspiracies by Tyler Dawson. Our producers are Carson Jarama, Jacob Dubey and Bryce Hall. Original music and artwork by Bryce Hall. I'm your host, Monique Bodang. Thanks for listening.